0: From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Jess, a digital professional and amazing Lego builder who would go on to make a major impact on the Transverse Show, Builder's Block.
1: Hey, I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. This is really cool.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's so good to have you here. Jess, when did you first realize that you were, were different as a kid? What were some of those signs when you were younger that... That you were a little different.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's fascinating because I think only now looking back can I kind of recognize things, things that hadn't necessarily stood out to me at the time. Um, but I think, uh, you know, one of the, 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 the things I remember walking around with my mom in like department stores and other moms would come by and stop us and they'd be like, oh look at your little one, you know, and their eyelashes are so long and their nails are so long and like, that's so pretty. I wish I had those. And I remember my head being like, no, they're mine. <laughs> like that was, I wanted that and I liked that, that they thought that. Um, mm-hmm. And it was always sort of awkward that I wasn't you know, supposed to be, you know, proud of, but, I, um, but yeah, that was one of the, the younger thoughts. But, but really the, the earliest I can remember having any thought about presenting any differently was around fifth or sixth grade. And um, I was a big fan of the cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, April O'Neil was my first crush. Loved that yellow jumpsuit. Um, I didn't, you know, I was too young to really understand, you know, what kind of a crush or even a girlfriend meant. But I, I still, when I would go to bed at night, I would dream on going adventures on adventures with her. Whatever happened on the show, like, we would reenact that together, the two of us, in, in my dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always some convoluted reason I had to disguise myself as her. And, and I don't know there's anything before that, but that's the earliest I can remember ever thinking about presenting differently, about that thought, something um, getting into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of just stayed there. I didn't really act on it. It was not something I focused on or reflected on anything more. You know, like, later on, I got to think, okay, I have, like, this, this you know, fetish, basically, that, 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 was, that, that like, I had become yeah. aware of that, that had been sort of the origin to it, or that's what I thought it was.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's very, very common for us, you know, to um, have that where we, it's not until much later that when we come out, we can look back and and tie together all the little breadcrumbs. mean, you'd, you'd see them there.
1: Like, I, 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 I'm I, still uncomfortable. like, you know, I was like, you know, you're such a handsome man. I hated that. Like, mm. you know, I can handle boy, but never man. That was a word I did not feel comfortable trying to own in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, I didn't, I didn't think about why I mm. felt uncomfortable with that. It was just true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what made that? What made that change for you? What, as I say, cracked your egg to make you realize that you were trans, and uh, yeah. and get started down that path?
1: Well, you know, and it was a long path. At least in, in my mind, it was um, the, the the accepting that I was trans was basically the last step or nearly last step of it. I think it's more that I, you know, I, I think after college, I tried dressing up a few times. Mm-hmm. And I would go, um I you know, went online because suddenly there was online shopping was a thing and I could go and, and buy some really cheap stuff, have it sent to me and, and when I put it on and I looked in the mirror, it was depressing. I I, I I just I didn't like what I saw. It was it was kind of sad in an and this feels almost too mean, but it was still true that almost in this pathetic way. I would look at that and be like, Oh, that's not I don't wanna be <laughs> like it was it was just something that, that was more demoralizing than it was exciting mm-hmm. or, or yeah, your um, first
0: experience and, with uh, dysphoria. Yeah, yeah, they were, it's something that I didn't,
1: yeah, I hadn't reflected on it until I was seeing it in that contrast and, 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 and it falling so far short of what I hoped to see. Um, so I shoved everything in the back of the closet. I never purged because I was too lazy and I put it too far away in the back of the closet to go find <laughs> it and pull it out. <laughs> but I still shoved everything away and I basically ag- ignored it um, until years years later uh you know it's like maybe every few years i would try it once and be like no this isn't working and mm-hmm. i would shove things away again
0: and, and um, what, what's what caused that you know like kind of putting it away was that was that dysphoria you felt you, you saw yourself and you like you liked the clothes but you didn't like the way you looked in the mirror and that was that disconnect was causing a lot of problems for you yeah
1: i think it's fair to say it's something that even now i still struggled in in fully acknowledging it as dysphoria which i think is as much my own acceptance of that, but you know, I, I didn't have a pervasive feeling that necessarily that things were wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I anticipated euphoria that I did not get, and it wasn't necessarily that I even liked these clothes or that I liked these particular objects. It's that um, when I put them together with me, the end result was not was not any kind of end result that I found appealing for myself. Mm-hmm. That was not, that, yeah, and that sort wasn't of like- reflective of any aspect of me that you know I was happy with.
0: Yeah, and it's not, not matching with what you had in your head, kind of what you were hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think
1: hoping for is the right word. So I didn't necessarily have anything in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that felt too much to hope for. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I still hoped for it when I would dress up and then I would be depressed um, mm-hmm. when, I, when I didn't see what I wanted to see. Yeah. But you know, I think because again I, I didn't necessarily have that strong sense of dysphoria, at least not that I've seen other people experience. I was largely able to just be like, okay, this isn't this isn't gonna happen and 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 put it away for years at a time. Yeah. Um, it was probably seven or eight years in the last stretch of, of not dressing before I kind of came back for good. Okay. And uh, I had grown out a beard. Uh, I had uh, mm-hmm. a good size, yeah, uh, beard, and, and not huge, but it was it was it was it was decent. And I I wasn't taking very good care of myself. I wasn't horribly slovenly, but I was not, you know, I I was not watching what I ate or drank or anything. I was just kind of being.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, a friend of mine took me out, uh, and this is in 2015. Uh, took me to a bar after work and sat me down and kind of was like, "Hey, you seem cheerful all the time." But something seems off, because you are, I've just been watching you kind of just kind of slowly, cheerfully slide downhill. Like, what's <laughs> what's the deal? What's going on? Um, and uh, and it was a wake-up call that I, I think I needed to, to hear. And it, again, it wasn't necessarily explicitly tied to the sense that I'm not me, but I definitely wasn't taking any pride or or, you know, just joy, I guess, in being me, mm-hmm. it was a sense that like, it's just how I was. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't really care a lot about it. And, and I just let it go. And I let, I'd also let the other dream go that every time I look, I'm not liking my so I'm like, okay, then there's nothing to really shoot for that, you know, I'm not going to necessarily feel attractive and that's okay. And, 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 and kind of let that slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I got to that point. And so then I think when I, I heard that, then I kind of resolved, I'm like, all right, you know what, this is just not healthy. I, I want to be better. I, I, I want to take better care of myself. And there was also that notion in the back of my head that like, all right, if I can set a goal and reach that goal, then you know what? I'm going to give that whole dressing thing one more try. Because maybe that was part of it. Maybe I just didn't know enough about what I was doing. Um, you know, I, I discovered different communities on Reddit and saw different makeup tips and things like that. And so I'm like, all right, maybe there's a little bit more I know now. And if I pair that with taking some better care of myself, then maybe the end result won't be that same depressing one. And if it is, then I'll know for good. That this isn't for me. At least I thought that was the thinking, and you know, why I thought in my head. And and so over the course of twenty fifteen, because um, I was in the, the beginning of the year that she, you know, kind of shook me. I started counting calories. Uh, not that weight is an end-all, be-all, but I think it was still a good motivating factor for me that I, I lost 35 pounds over the course of that year.
0: Oh, wow. Great. And yeah. They, and, and,
1: and I got back to basically my sophomore weight. I didn't get to my freshman weight. But I got back to after freshman 15 weight. And that had been my goal. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get that by the end of the year. And I I got there like the day before New Year's. And okay. so I, yeah, I'm like, all right, I, I think I've done it. And so January 1st, 2016, I woke up. And I shaved off the beard and you know, arms and you know, legs and I I went for it. I, I I dressed up. And again, I think because I had learned more, I was more purposeful in what I was doing and what I knew to hide and what I was uncomfortable with and what I wanted to accentuate, that um this time when I put it all together, I was really pleasantly shocked, even this is surprised. I was like, Oh, holy cow, that that's okay. Like that's I can work with this. Like this is something that, that yeah. that, that
0: feels more So do you um, think that it was that the weight was the main factor in that? Or was there something else? I mean, you know, I'm assuming if you've, if you've turned this corner and you've decided that it's time for you to start taking care of yourself and you actually set this goal of, you know, if I meet this, I'll, I'll try the dressing thing. So I'm wondering if there was something else like in your mindset or, or something else you were doing that also kind of made what you saw in the mirror different.
1: I, I, I think there's, There's a few combinations of factors, and and, and so obviously the weight had been a stumbling block for me, but I think that was also because I didn't necessarily know what to wear with the shape of my body. And so that, I think I often heard that people, people dress how they would have in their adolescence, this sort of like, I miss these teenage years, at least for those lot of us who, who grapple with this later in life, I miss this moment. And so I'm going to dress like I'm in, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90s, whatever decade you would have been a teenager in, like that's, that's the way you dress. And so I think there's an element of that um and that's probably not going to match the body you have now again if you are getting a bit older and yeah. and so i think that was a big part of it that like nothing i was picking was in any way flattering to, to the physique i had yeah because yeah, um, it's and-
0: it's really hard to to know fashion you know mm-hmm. yeah especially like you said you know you've you've got this this ideal in your mind even if it's not really conscious and right. you know there were these things that uh, appealed to you at a certain time when you were impressionable and that's what you really wanted but you couldn't do so now it's like oh i can do this now and you're like why isn't this working great
1: <laughs> right, right. yeah. great um believe me i'd love to do the 90s all rock girl with a choker i don't know that's always the right look to do yeah. so sometimes it's okay but um but yeah it, it was that was that was absolutely a big chunk the other huge chunk for me and it's still at times a thing, is um, my shadow. I have very heavy shadow. Like I said, I had a beard, but frankly, no matter how close I shave and how smooth everything feels, um, because of how dark my hair is and how pale my skin is, I can see every root, like it's all still visible. And um, I had, you know, I, I think seeing that, especially in um, seeing my face above this other body, even when I was doing better at the other part of the body oh, yeah. and how to dress, was was the most discordant and depressing element. Yeah. Um and so yeah figuring out how to do some stuff covering up my shadow I think that that in itself was probably the most significant mm. difference for me yeah and
0: just yeah. that's awesome. Okay so now you've finally gotten to this place where you've you're not super happy with what you see in the mirror but you're 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 happier you you've it's it's finally not this you know, huge wave of dysphoria that's causing you to put everything away again. What were your What were your next steps right after that? Uh, we're leading up to when you came out, but I'm kind of curious about that in between time because you've you've been working towards this for such a long time, and now you're here. What were your What were your next steps?
1: Well, it's even interesting there, like you, went, you know, the time between then and coming out, because honestly, in my head, I still don't feel like I've mostly come out. Mm-hmm. Most people in my life still don't know. I'm still I'm still a work in progress there. But that we can also
0: Talk about well, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that that's one. Yeah. I, I I know a couple girls that are like that now. That, that that are beautiful, have great photos, look like women, present completely. It's just like mind blowing that that you're not out. I um, I did it completely the opposite of that. I was out before, long before I could even vaguely pass. It was probably some really cringeworthy stuff. So yeah, it's kind of fascinating that you are in that st- in the stage that you're at, far beyond where I'm at. And, and you're not fully out. So uh, so yeah, what were some of those, those first steps?
1: I think, again, that, there was that moment where I, 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 I was happy with what I saw. That I actually found myself attractive. And I'll say, I'll, I'll note that because I think one thing I've consistently experienced is much more of the gender euphoria, of feeling so happy when I feel like I'm seeing Jess in the mirror, and less often explicit negatives. Um, that, that to a degree that I, I, I often said, like, I, don't, I, I didn't feel like I had had dysphoria. Now, I think in hindsight, I can reflect on other things, but wh- however it was, usually didn't, it wasn't necessarily experienced or felt emotionally in a terribly severe way mm-hmm. versus extreme highs um, that I would often experience. And so I definitely had a high, you know, uh, after those, that, that, that first day. And I'd say probably like the first uh, couple of weeks, it was just every day me trying to put together all the different outfits I could and take pictures of all of them <laughs> and, and 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 i i had this pent up all right what do i do with this and and, and i had mm-hmm. followed some different communities on reddit i created a, a second complete nonsense reddit username mm-hmm. aside from my my other reddit name which against in the future i will hopefully eventually merge them the other one has all of my lego karma in it but my my, my 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 boy account but then i had this new account that i was posting on reddit with I wanted to post but i wasn't doing it yet and i had gotten some great tips from the cross-dressing subreddit i never felt entirely comfortable with cross-dressing which is unfortunate and i think unfair um i think gender fluid was where i felt a little bit more comfortable with i think just because you know for for good or ill there there can be a a, again that sort of fetishy context that's sometimes applied to cross-dressing however fairly or unfairly um but still that that subreddit was still a place where I can go, and and but before I went there, there was another place called CD Safe Haven, and that's a place where you were only you had to ask permission to join, and only people who were in it could see whatever anyone else posted in there. So it was in theory a completely closed community of like-minded people to share. Okay. And so like, all right, well, this nice. seems like the safest place to share. This is where I'm going to start. I think this looks great. I need other people to uh, weigh in here. Um, and so I um, I, I reached out and asked to join it. Of course, the people who modded that community were. On holidays, because it was New Year's Day, <laughs> uh, so flooding right away, and so like three days later they let me in. But by then I had so much pent up and so many pictures pent up that uh, I, I, like, I posted on there the second they let me in, and then almost simultaneously went over and posted on the public cross dressing subreddit too, because I just I, I I needed to start start sharing. And, you were um,
0: you were there, you were you were doing it, so you had to share it. I, I we, we talked about this in the pre interview too, that, that weird kind of juxtaposition that you run into at that point in your transition where you still feel shame or, you know, like confusion about, about, about the cross dressing and, or, you know, about presenting that way. And you have a lot of fear. And yet you're somehow compelled to, to present it publicly. Like yeah. you, the the greatest fear you have is someone seeing you and catching you, blah, blah, blah. But it's also sort of this thing that drives you that you, you want people to see this. It's a very interesting, very interesting thing. So it's, it's kind of funny that like, yeah, as soon as you kind of realized that you, you just went a hundred miles an hour into that.
1: Well, it, there's definitely a new and different sort of pride that I had never felt before. And, 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 and it was a, an aspect of myself that I saw myself in a different light I'd never seen before, and so I mm-hmm. wanted other people to see that too. Mm-hmm. And um, it definitely continued to uh, to escalate where I always felt like, all right, well, what's kind of next? And I, I would say, even as I'm doing that, I think I was also conscious and, and sometimes concerned, I'm like, okay, well, is this just me escalating again, like following a high versus being trans? And and And, and honestly, for the most of the first couple of years, I think I wanted to believe I was trans, but didn't believe I was because that felt too good to be true. Okay. That felt like I was indulging something or claiming something that that wasn't mine. Um, I would see other people who had terrible dysphoria, who struggled with it, who knew this was wrong. I didn't feel that same weight. I just felt the joy primarily of, of presenting differently, and so I, I had a hard time. I like it's something that I would, a judgment I would never make of anyone else. I constantly made of myself that, that, that this, this isn't. I'm not really that. That would be awesome, but that's, that's, I, I, that would be presumptuous to say I'm, I'm I'm that.
0: Yeah. And that's another common thing. I think that was definitely something that that I went through, you know, the trying to reach some semblance of validity, feelings of validity in yourself as a trans person. And, and, you know, yeah, you, you see other people, you hear the main narrative that goes along with being trans that you felt like you were in the wrong body the whole time and all of that. It's it's all from the dysphoria slant and you never hear about it from the euphoria side that where you finally right. are able to express yourself you just feel so much better so much more like yourself and there's not no, enough talk I feel about how that is ag- exactly equally as valid as yeah. the other side the positive side right. you know maybe some of us just don't have that that dysphoria we've got a little bit of a yeah. something confusion something but y- you are a valid trans person if you have the euphoria when you present in the the correct gender you know um, one of my big things was i was really surprised at how how wonderful it felt to be called ma'am and and be, be gendered correctly i wasn't quite prepared for how how euphoric that would make me feel and how validating that was yeah
1: i thought was i'm just smiling too because i was reflecting this past weekend and my friends were making fun of me as we were going around through hudson yards in the mall and someone said ma'am i'm like oh they, they said ma'am and not miss and someone's like well you did just have your birthday i'm like oh. Right. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so the, I think the next thing for me was starting to share with sort of people I already knew and people who knew me the other way. It was, you know, it was one great thing to have this new connection and new communities online. And I went from Reddit to Facebook and uh, then on to Instagram um, and, and eventually other different channels and Flickr. Um, but I, I wanted, I think, to, to kind of share with someone in, in my life. And so I mentioned that friend who pushed me and I think I heard you say her name and, and being in the chat, but my friend Leilani um, and okay. my other friend Jen were two best friends uh, at work. Uh, they were they're we were sort of the work family. You know, I, I kind of selfishly picked them too because they're uh, they're two friends who are in the LGBTQ family. So I felt like that would be a safer place to start. I want to say it was February, March. I, I, it's weird that I can't quite remember this, but like it was some still early in the spring point of the year or technically winter part of the year where I um, took them to the bar across the street from work, this, this loud beer hall. <laughs> and we sat down at a, a table. And um, friend Jen got there first. And, and I just decided, all right, I'm going to share this. I, I need to tell somebody and get the reaction to somebody. You know, wherever is ill, um, I, I, I had, like you said, it's like it's, it's, you feel compelled. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could rationally it, um, or even that, that kind of that risk, but I still felt like I, I needed to. Oh. Um, and I tried to explain what was going on. And I did such a terrible job that Jen thought I was saying, I like to dress fancy at home. Like She thought I was in a tuxedo walking around my apartment. Like It was, it was so poorly articulated. And finally, one of the waitresses walks by, and she's in a dirndl because it's at you know, this German restaurant. And I go, I have one of those. And it was like, oh, oh, oh. You know, and then the pictures came out. Um, and that's when Leilani showed up because uh, she uh, um, came a little bit later. And she was great. And frankly, and I hope you can take this well out there in the audience, but was like almost too enthusiastic. Where she's like, "All right, you're going to transition, and you'll do this, and you'll do this." And I, uh, whoa, 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 not, not quite there yet. But um, but still, that that support was was huge, and it was so happy, and they had that same kind of joy, um, mm-hmm. that I had, I think, been seeing for myself. That that um was was hugely validating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and and even then, um, I think in April we went together. Um, to a place up near Woodstock. Um, and it was a, a cabin, rented cabin for a weekend. And yeah. it was um, myself and those two and their spouses and some kids thrown in the mix. And, and I presented, I, I, I still was not brave enough to go into town, but I still, you know, I presented uh, as Jess with them back at the house. And, and that was crazy. Um, There's definitely still uncomfortable moments, very uncomfortable about my voice, very self-conscious, for anyone who knew what I normally sounded like mm-hmm. to even try to do anything different. So there's definitely, you know, I felt huge, I felt tall, like you know, all those different things that are, you know, take a while to acclimatize, especially around um, um, cis women. But yeah, it was still a pretty incredible experience. So yeah, I'm still mm. so grateful to get to do.
0: Well, I love that. You know, you're you're you feel compelled to come out to friends, and you're hoping for their support. And not only are they super supportive, but they're like they're more on board with it than you are. <laughs> I love that irony of it.
1: I, I did get of a makeover, and that's something that for me was huge and another validating experience. Um, and I, I went to someone who was known for working with trans women. Um, there's a lot of different services you can do, but a lot of them tend to be a little bit more glam and, and maybe a little bit more towards the drag end of things, which of uh-huh. course can be a wonderful thing if you want that look, but that was not what I wanted. I wanted an everyday kind of sense of what I could look like. Um, and I also knew for all that I had made huge strides from what I expected, and I was so much more pleased with how I was looking than I thought it could be. There's still so much I didn't know. I, I couldn't. I'd gotten like nine different foundations, none of them matched my paleness. That <laughs> was nowhere close. Um, I, uh, I had like, I think I still at one point had like 50 wigs, um, but they were huh. all like $20 ones. So Like uh-huh. I'll get like two wears out of them, and they're terrible. So I, I, I um, again, sorry, not to cast aspersions on anyone who has great looking wigs, but that was something that I'm like, all right, there's a couple things here that I really want to. Upgrade, or I really want an expert to kind of look at on me and and help guide me. Yeah, and and those
0: Um, are two of the big ones, right? Like makeup, it's it's just such a question mark when you start. You have no idea, and it's it's really overwhelming and then yeah. and, and it's really easy to spend a lot of money on that really quick and then the wigs, mm-hmm. the same thing you know um a good wig is is can be hundreds of dollars and yeah. you know it's not something you want to jump into so it's definitely important to have somebody that can guide you in that
1: though i'll also acknowledge and it's 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 something that it, it's almost weirdly at times guilty about but i have so much privilege in my life in so many different ways and and one of them is is, is i even being single, single, and 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 having a good job, and being at this point in life, um, that I was able to invest in a lot of these things I wanted to explore, mm-hmm. and so, um, that that makeup artist is not cheap. <laughs> um, I would highly recommend her, Monica Prada. She does excellent work. It was like a minimum four hours. The hourly rate was not low. <laughs> that did not include what I spent on Sephora or the makeup, uh, the wig store, like you know a number of other places. Like it was all in addition to that. Yeah, I laid down. Uh, I don't even quite want to think about how much, but it was, it was a lot <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but you know, for me it was, it was I felt like it was worth it because I came out of it with so much confidence about oh, what I was doing. I still do a lot of the same makeup, makeup techniques, mm. um, with the exception that i've done I do more to cover my show. because again she's used to working with women who have already gotten laser and are like, well on their way
0: okay
1: yeah you know, and, and and that wasn't at the time, especially that I still didn't know that was in my cards mm-hmm. um it could
0: be yeah that i think um the the shadow the shadow is definitely my my big issue and um my god i cannot wait till places open again so i can go back and get more more laser treatments i was so close so that was how you came out i don't know i guess that kind of that kind of counts in in two areas would you consider that more just like kind of coming out to friends or kind of that was that you're coming out at work like what's your level of of out at work at this point? sure
1: sure yeah no, that was very much coming out to friends and in many ways, for all them still coming out to other people at work, I still feel like it's more about friends. It's it's almost always still people I feel close to, or or I feel like I just get a good vibe from. We already get along well. Yeah, I I am I am not fully out. I think in any arena, and so work is definitely amongst them. It's one of those subconscious things. I realize I like I gave you that very nebulous. I'm in corporate America, you know thing. I you know I I don't know why because. I post about my work all the time on Instagram. I walk, you know, my pictures over the weekend had me with my Pfizer mask on, so I work for Pfizer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I um, you know, there's, there's tens of thousands of employees and, you know, maybe a couple hundred now. Like, right. it, it's it, not like they would know me anyway. It's a huge company. But still, um, you know, I, 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 I went to, lately it's been sort of everyone I report to. I'm like, hey, I want you to know this. Just because I recognize there could be ramifications in the future, um, but generally speaking, there are also people I like and know or respect, so I also have a level of comfort. In fact, everyone I've come out to at work has universally been super positive, and we've almost almost felt closer afterwards. To the point that now, if I'm having kind of a down day, I'm like, all right, well, who's someone I can come out to? Because <laughs> it's like it's always been positive for both of us. I, I think yeah. like I don't want. Too much, but it feels like that every time. They're all like, "Wow!" and, and we chat. Like it, it, it's it's um it's constantly been awesome. Uh, it's so you, you have that amazing. many
0: people at work that you can like that you still have some that that don't know, so you can find some pick somebody out and just recreate that experience again.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, there's there's hundreds just in my department, and I've gotten you know maybe a a third, maybe half. Like yeah, there's there's tons of people I can still, I can still get to. Um, now I will say I've become more and more active in the uh, LGBTQ work group at, at Pfizer. Oh, okay, um, cool. I'm actually gonna, um, I'm co-chairing our New York chapter this year and I'm leading communications mm-hmm. for it globally. This is something that I talked about with that, that sort of executive leadership, that sort of awkward tension that here I am doing something much more public, but I'm not actually Noticeably out to a lot of these people, but like yeah. if I'm like within this community, I feel like it's comfortable. If it goes beyond the community, there's this weird kind of tension. Or post my picture, but don't put my name. Or like all these other different little uh, accommodations to to make. Um, yeah. no, that, work that has that been consistently awesome. I'm actually Jess at Pfizer.com. No last name. I'm the Jess. I'm Jess. Nice. At Pfizer.com. They gave me that that alias. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and I mentioned why. I'm like, I want to do. The, I want an alias. For my address, but I don't want a separate inbox. And the guy's like, "This is really unusual. Why are you doing this?" I'm like, "All right, well, here's the deal." And He's like, "Oh, oh wow, oh well, great. All right, I'm gonna sign it to me. Don't worry. We'll, <laughs> like, we'll handle this." So, like, it was they were like excited to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, work has been um, a place where I'm, I've consistently felt positive, and also had tons of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I'm doing sort of kind a of, you know, bleed on here. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is any way tokenism. Um, but for the moment, I'm, I'm riding it. I, I get to do a lot of different things. I've, I've gone to the Out and Equal Workplace Summit, which if people aren't aware, is this, this great, crazy, huge thing where like some 6,000 uh, professionals, not just LGBTQ, but 6,000 different professionals from almost every major corporation in America and several, several major government institutions mm-hmm. uh, get together to talk about LGBTQ issues in the workplace. That's where I met one of your prior interviewees, Andy. Uh, we okay. met uh, at one of those events. Yeah, and so it's awesome. So I, I, I got to go in person when we were able to go in person <laughs> uh, a couple years ago, and then online this past year. Uh, I got to uh, see um, Bernie speak at an LGBTQ uh, event. Um, oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah, the Victory Fund. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I was there attending for work. Um, and I, I got to go to the HRC uh, Gala. Uh, I did a whole thing on Instagram, helped me pick my gown. And then I went to this gala and staying at a table at the front of the room and all these executives from the company and, and, and me. And again, maybe they just want to transfer to the table. But I'm like, hey, I will be that, <laughs> that trans person who gets to, to wear a gown and go to the gala. Oh, um, that's so wonderful. So yeah, it's, been, wow. it's, been, it's been, yeah, like I, I'm overseeing it. but work has been great so far. So mm-hmm. I've been very blessed
0: to have that. Nice. So um, did, you, did you have other friends that you came out to as well? Have you, have you come but, out to most of your friends?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know, I it's awkward to say most of my friends. I, I think a lot of the friends who are here in New York and that I've interacted with in <sighs> recent years that, 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 that I've, I've come out to a lot of them. I remember my first friend who was like my best guy friend. And, you know, as, like mm. a, as a, a straight guy, like that was in many ways like the hardest <sighs> hurdle for me mentally to come out to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and he was great. I mean, it took him uh, I think a couple of days. He never reacted negatively. I think he just needed to like internalize and then come Process back. It. Okay. Like he once like it's like, oh, I was so supportive once I figured out it wasn't a joke. Like, like it was which it was interesting, yeah, and I didn't quite know how to feel, but but I I, I take it positively. Yeah. Um and, and he's been wonderful since. Um and then with that encouragement, then it became front comfortable to go out, like I would host game nights at my place. So I'm like all right the game night crowd i'll come out to them which i did twice because i forgot and then i came out again and they're like yeah we,
0: we know <laughs> <laughs> so, i love yeah, that anyway, point right yeah. i think that's another common one where you like somebody sees you for the first time um when when you're dressed and they kind of like give you a look and you're like oh that's right i never got a chance to tell you huh i, I, I forget who i told and who i didn't
1: <laughs> that, that's
0: happened a number of times at work events
1: because okay. I'm still mostly, at least when we're in the office, I've I, I, I only been presenting like four or five times, and almost always at LGBTQ events. Um, but yeah, we had a um, mental blocking on this famous actress's name, Orange is the New Black.
0: Laverne Cox, thank you so much. Thank you, Laverne Cox, yes. Thanks, Todd. So Laverne Cox came and
1: spoke at, the, at, um, at, at work for Pride, um, which was so cool and uh it's that was my first time i ever went into work presenting i like i just came in for that i had actually i I came out to my boss and i'm like hey here's the deal and i'm trans and by the way i want to take off the week of pride because i kind of figured he couldn't say no with those two things together (laughs) 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 he said sure um but but i still want to come back this day for this event um, and so I got to do that, I got to come back, I got like a front row seat, and then afterwards I had a 50-person meet and greet with her, so I got to go up and get, get a selfie and, and, and shake her hand, and, and she was awesome. But, I'm sorry, all this is to say I, that happened to a couple different colleagues, where I'm like, hey, give me a list of everyone who's going to be there, so if I know any of them, I can come out to them beforehand. Okay. But there were still some other execs who kind of like a last minute decided to go, who were in my department. So, yeah, a number of them introduced themselves to me, and then I like introduced myself back, and like, and you already know me because, <laughs> and then oh, oh. You know, I got the big reaction, which felt great, that they did not recognize me at all. like before.
0: Yeah, isn't that super validating? I love that. Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. That, was, that, was cool. so that, that has
1: happened a number of times and it still happens. Oh, lucky um, girl. So, uh, less so now that we're not in person. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I feel like I'm nowhere near your question, but... <laughs>
0: we've meandered a bit it's fine um so the, the next part in coming out is family um how has that gone for you and who have you told and um kind of who's next
1: that has been amongst my biggest stumbling blocks to okay. be sure and i feel like almost most of my life and even progress in transitioning kind of has an inflection point before parents and after parents mm-hmm. Excuse me. in my head double ipa uh The plan had been to tell my parents together. Now I told my brother first, and my brother is someone who's awesome i don 't know if he's he's uh, he's watching, but um he uh i i i didn't want to presume it, but I figured he would be great, and I was actually a little bit more concerned that he would be so determined that I should express my true self that he might inadvertently kind of out me so i i, 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 I my, my concern wasn't you know rejection it was like oh yeah it was it was uh, exuberant acceptance um okay. But I shouldn't have. He, he, he was and has been wonderful, uh, both him and uh, my sister-in-law. I told them together when they came in person. Um, they didn't get to see me in person then, but we did go out, and, and they got to meet a bunch of my friends that I hang out with. Yeah, I was somewhat awkwardly in boy mode around them, because I'm, like, I'm not used to doing that around my other <laughs> friends. But they got to meet um, my other friends and, and, and my, my brother and sister-in-law. Um, so that was awesome. Oh, great. And then... Um, and they sent me a Kate Spade necklace the next week. Yeah, it was it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. So I felt good with them. Um, and then with the parents, we were on vacation all together. And over the course of the week, I you know, I got in some of those 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 common parent comments because I have been single forever. Um, and and you know especially now I know why. <laughs> I like, you. Know, it's hard to be a confident guy you're, you're, that, that you're told girls want when you're not confident that you are a guy. Um, <laughs>
0: So Makes, it a little I, tough. I, Makes it a little
1: tough, yeah. a yeah. little uh, Yeah, having that in the back of your head, not not the easiest. Um, and so there's like the what's going on in your life, you need to be moving forward, you need to be shaking things up, and in my head I'm like, I am shaking up so much, but I can't tell you, and that's on me because I'm not, I'm not out. Um, like if you knew do the last three years, like you know, it would be, it's insane. Um, so um, that was at the start of the week. Come the end of the week, uh, my dad, and my brother, and I went out for drinks at a, a bar together out in um, Breckenridge, where we are we on this vacation. And um, dad just didn't of those. think he wasn't expecting anything. But he's just like, "So, are you happy? Like, how going? It's like this, this deep, we've had a couple of drinks question. And I just go, you know what? I am. And here's why. And I just I launched into it. And I remember my brother was across from me while I'm talking to my dad. And my brother, out of the corner of my eye, I just see his eyes go big as saucers. Like, oh, you're actually doing this. Um, But yeah, I just came out. Um, Mm -hmm. And i certainly had different reasons to have some level of concern with my folks. They've always been wonderful, sweet people. I never expected they wouldn't love me. But there was concern about would they still be accepting or would they ask me to stop? Mm -hmm. They both went to Gordon College, uh, which is a Christian college up in Wintham, Massachusetts. My dad went on to Gordon Conwell Seminary. He didn't get ordained, but he could be. Uh, He decided that wasn't where his life was calling. Dad, though, has always... More often been liberal than not. You know, not that either parent was ever in any way conservative, but dad had been a little bit more vocal, at least in, in expressing more liberal views. Um, and, uh, and I remember when he once he time he, unprompted by me, he talked about Buddha Judge and how awesome he thought it was that Buddha Judge went to Mike Pence and said, Your problem is not with me, sir. Your problem is with my creator. And I remember when dad said that, unprompted to me, I'm like, Okay, dad's going to be okay. Like, <laughs> he's going to be okay. He'll, he'll be all right. With um, and he was. He is. And so that was wonderful. And, and so now the struggle I have is that I still haven't told my mom. Okay. And I, I feel very bad about that, obviously not enough yet to, to stop procrastinating on it, but mm. I still feel uh, terrible that I, I didn't tell them together that there's this long delay. Yeah. Uh, dad has been great in saying this is my thing to share, but um, I still hate that I, I am inadvertently, you know, hiding something from him, uh, or making him, helping him hide something. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I, I've said to him. that's like, I, I, I've been lying by omission. I don't think I've ever been expressly lying, but I've been omitting a lot of my life. Okay. I don't want to do that anymore. And so the, the way I've been procrastinating is spending a lot of time uh, working on, all right, I have all these books on trans and Christianity. I, mean, I want to understand it for myself, but also I can maybe arm her, or I can anticipate her questions, or I can anticipate the questions that she'll hear from her social circle, which is in central Pennsylvania, where my parents are like the only People who voted for Hillary and Obama and Biden um, for, versus all of their friends, like you know, and, and how to how to arm her. Um, but I also recognize it's also me. Just things are nice right now, uh-huh. um, and, and I don't want to deal with that. And, and, not to and rock the boat, cool.
0: and and yeah, you've got fears of what what might come. Yeah, it it makes sense. I think that again, another common theme. Did you have any support from anybody? Um, work or f- social circle, family that you weren't expecting. You
1: know, I think the depth of support I've gotten has surprised me in almost every place. Mm-hmm. I have okay. two wonderful college friends again, two people you named uh, at the start here who who were you know jumping all over to to join this to a point where like they're like oh, we're so excited for you, this is amazing. I took off today. I'm like whoa, all right, like it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's so wonderful. Um, so yeah, there the, there's been constantly uh, enthusiastic support, but one great. Source of connection were a lot of the people I connected with online. Um, so you you noted Amy is one of those awesome people who uh, invited me to another uh, Discord groups and other places and to create more and more stronger networks. So she's been wonderful, even though we've never gotten to meet in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, early on, there was a number of friends who uh, I got to got to know that that really helped me along. Yeah, I. I'd, starts in that journey of, all right, I went out with you know, this small group of friends at, at their house, and I went and got a makeover. Mm-hmm. I still was never going out in public, and, and I was still never venturing out past my door, especially because my door has a hand-operated elevator with a doorman in it 24-7, so there's no sneaking in or out of the building. Like I, I will be recognized. They will have to take me to my floor, but it only has four apartments per floor. Like there's no, there's no anonymous entry or exit in my building. No such um, thing as
0: incognito there.
1: Yep. No. Even, not even a little. Um, but apparently, some of them for a while thought I was my own sister visiting, so I guess there was more than I thought. But still, largely, yeah, it, it, the expectation was if, I, if I'm going out from my place, I'm coming out. And I would not been there, I did not get anywhere near there at the start of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have um, a couple people who I connected with, uh, first on Flickr, and then we all joined Instagram together. Uh, okay. And it was, um, or around the same time, at least. Uh, it, it was um, my friend Naomi, who uh, is uh, in, uh, outside Sydney in Australia. So she and I had been writing each other almost nightly on Flickr, and, and the weird thing where she's waking up and it's like 4 a.m. for me and we're, we're writing each other, and we've been chatting a lot. And then we started a chat with our other friend, Sean. Sean actually invited me out to um, stay with her in New Mexico, which was very cool. Um, and that would have been my first time going out in public. Um, and so that was awesome and terrifying. Uh, and and but I, was still, I, I was still excited to do it, and I, I wrote to Naomi, I'm like, holy crap, you know, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm actually going to meet Sean, and we're actually going to go out. And she, uh, Naomi was like, I just talked to my wife. She said, it's okay, I'm going to come too. And so she flew out from Australia to wow, New Mexico. Okay. And the three of us um, uh, spent uh, a good chunk of a week out there, it was it was awesome. I think Sean, you know, was farther along, uh, especially than me. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, they are both full time and have been full time for a while now. Where I'm still creeping along. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, I, I, yeah I, um, I think Naomi I, I heard Sean just started hormones around that time. Like there, there's yeah there. So I, I all know. I hope, I hope she doesn't regret it too much that she had someone who maybe was far more of a newbie than she was anticipating visiting her and, and staying at her place. But it was still uh, something that I. I treasure that time and how it pushed me and, and the fun I had. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. I've um, experienced
0: that, too, not, not too long ago, where you go and you hang out with somebody who presents really well and you have that moment of like, am I am I making this group clockable? Because of you know of where I'm at in my transition, I'm not at this point. I'm not far along in hormones. You know, I, I'm I I don't present as well as these other women, and like so, you feel like oh, am I am I dragging the the group down?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sometimes I still do. I feel bad like messaging her like I'm like hey, I'm sorry to bug you. on that. Yeah, um, it's weird, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and it, it's tough to to deal with because it kind of, it's a societal thing, right? Because it's it's kind of horrible that those and expectations are set anyway. So that was something, those were two people who, again, I'd only met digitally. I never expected that that would happen mm-hmm. as a result of that. Yeah. But even even more foundationally, especially considering they're among my very best friends now, is the week before I went to New Mexico, two people who I had friended on Facebook but I had never once interacted with both messaged me out of the blue on like a Tuesday and they both said, all right, we see you posting all the time. We never see you out. So tomorrow, you're coming out with us. We're, we're going out on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. it was uh, my friend Jessica, who is in the, the chat, and my other friend Danny, who I don't know if she's able to come by. But they both, I don't know if they coordinated or not, but they both um, messaged me the same day and, and said, that's going to happen. And so there's this really amazing place. And it's gonna it be interesting how it changes as generations get to where they're doing a better job recognizing and embracing different gender identities. Um, But it's a venue called CBI. And uh, it's on the west side of Manhattan in the Hell's Kitchen area. And you go there and you, every Wednesday, they have a dinner. You can go in and you sit down and um, they have five makeup stations and a photography station, all this kind of stuff. You can go there, change Mm. there, have dinner together, change back, and then go Um, and so I won't say where it is and it's a place where you kind of have to reach out and and kind of look at interviewed because a lot of people go there are very heavily closeted. It's not something that that's just not for whatever reason, or even at times, I think even generational norms of what they're used to that just doesn't feel like that's
0: possible. But but yeah, I think, you know, you, you, it definitely at first, um, you feel that way where you're like, yeah, you really want to, you got to be out and you want to, you want to dress and stuff, but you still want to be in a safe, limited environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's wonderful. I wish I'd had something yeah. like that, that here. Um, I oh, also I met when I was part of a meetup group of trans people. I met a, a girl that what looked gorgeous. I mean, she was so well put together. It was insane. Like, I'm, I, I was just like, you, you pass so well. And it's, it was annoying <laughs> at that point, because I was so far from that. But she went to work in, in boy mode and was, was in, in, in boy mode everywhere. And it was only Great. when in this meetup group that she would, would go all out. And sure. um, so, yeah, there, there are plenty of people like that, that that simply can't go out in their lives for whatever reason, sure. or they feel like they can't. So, that's a, a wonderful place to have around. So cool. And
1: just a close the loop with my friend Ashley in there that, that, that night we went to a bar a couple blocks away. Uh, that it's having a karaoke night and and they, Danny and Jessica invited Ashley over at Gotham City Girl. And so three people who I probably spend most of my time with, including is my pod during this entire quarantine, but, but most of the last four years with, I met that night almost out of the blue. <laughs> and all because they took a step to reach out to a complete stranger mm. and demand I come out with them.
0: That's um, pretty lucky. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What were some of the key fears you had during your, your transition, and how are how have you and how are you overcoming them?
1: Yeah, I, this is the, it's very interesting. People talk. I, I've heard some people talk about you know when I put on you know that dress or that clothing, I feel relaxed or, or that people get solace. And I think I not that I don't have that, um, but more that I feel joy. But I don't necessarily always feel calm. I like I think every time I leave my door, I'm scared to some degree. Hmm, okay. um, I think it's partly my own personality. I'm very much driven by what other people think. Uh, every personality test at work, I'm on the extreme of whatever the people end is, that that's like all the thing I'm focused on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and no matter what I can think intellectually, emotionally, I'm still always concerned about how people are reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I think my own sort of preparedness is always trying to assume the worst like I'm always a summary, everyone knows I'm trans and they're just being awesome and that's cool and we're going with it. Like and that that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, but that that's that's I, I think I set that as a starting thought in my head to help put myself I don't even know if I, it at is the right word, but to to put myself in a framework to to deal with what I might encounter. And I say that having honestly not really experienced anything negative, I've been again crazy blessed that I I, it's, I think it's a, a component of where I am that here in in Manhattan it's probably going to be a more liberal place than not, and mm-hmm. you're also more likely to ignore everyone around you than not, so I think it's a <laughs> it's a double <laughs> that, that that lets me um go out there and and not really have to worry about encounters, but I still have anxiety almost every time i'm I'm going up to someone new or the waiter to ask to sit down or whatever it is like i'm still um I still have those little nuggets of, of concern. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the same level of things you're, you're fear, fearful of, but that's at least I have, um, I, I think, a continual low-grade fear. Low-grade
0: that. anxiety that's constantly there, yeah. Um, have, have your transition goals shifted as you've gone through? And in what ways have they?
1: Yeah, it, 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 I would say it's always constantly shifting. I think that even comes to the notion of recognizing that I'm trans. I, I think every step along the way, two things have happened, and one is that I constantly met people who at various times were in similar places as me, and they made strong declarations about what wouldn't happen in the future. <laughs> Last people who said, I will never transition, I will never take hormones, I will never uh, want to be full-time, I'll never do surgery, I'll never do lots of different things. Uh-huh. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with any of those conclusions, but I feel like almost everyone I, I've heard or met who said a declarative like that, ended up doing that thing like three months later. <laughs> it, was, it was almost always that, that pattern of um, you know, almost stereotypical, you're denying so strongly because that's you kind of thing. And again, it's, not, it, it, like, that's, it's great. It's great that they were able to evolve and recognize something different about themselves and change and, and move on. So, but I think it's, it's established its own degree of caution for myself that I'm like, I'm never saying never to kind of anything doesn't necessarily mean those things are likely but I'm not gonna like tempt fate or or put my my own foot in my mouth by declaring anything I am just am I happy right now do I feel like I'm making progress in any sense do I feel like like what I'm doing feels like I'm on a, a path that feels like i'm not I'm, I'm, I'm advancing in some aspect of my own personal growth mm-hmm. and if I am then that's cool and I don't need to set much of a goal beyond that
0: that's a great outlook
1: I, I i mean I hope so mm-hmm. i i You know, to the point of it shifting though, I think in the last, about a little over a year ago is when I finally I think accepted that I was trans. Again, instead of just hoping I was, I finally said, okay, I'm I actually am. That uh, was also when I started hormones, and so I recognize I've, I've committed myself to changes regardless of whether or not, <laughs> yeah. You know, like like there, there's 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 regression happening without it being active on my part anymore. And I think to come with that, you know, as you mentioned, can't really do laser right now. I expected to do that concurrently with hormones. That didn't happen. But that's I think the next thing that that really is a permanent change. I think most things I've done up till now were not. There, you know there was there was no point of no return um but i think i'm definitely in a place now where i can cross it and feel okay about it and not have the same level of fear i did two or three years ago with mm. the thought of doing laser and, and that being permanent that kind of thing
0: and what role has therapy played in this have you been seeing a therapist and has that helped you get to this point of self-acceptance
1: yeah very much so and it's something i always believed in i just hadn't necessarily done for myself like i i, I i've always thought therapy is a good idea but, but i think by and large because I've, I've mostly felt I think cheerful. It wasn't something I, I was necessarily too concerned about. Or even then, when I was starting to question my gender identity, I was hanging out with so many other people who were, and we were all talking about it so often. I never felt like there was something I was necessarily hanging on. That's honestly true, but that's that was sort of my my thinking. I went uh, and finally got a doctor um, a couple years ago, and it's something I just needed to do. I've always had coverage. I just didn't have a doctor because I was lazy. I would just go to urgent care like the three times I was sick over the course of a decade. But I'm like, all right, I should be an adult, actually have a doctor and a primary care physician. And so I, when I got one, I picked someone deliberately who had trans care as a specialty. And I didn't necessarily know that that was a service I was going to be utilizing, but I wanted that to be an option if I wanted to do do so. And so I went and saw that doctor, you know, he said, yeah, I, I was up front at the very start. Here's one of the reasons why I selected you. And I don't know if I'm there yet, but that, that that's that's a possibility and he's like that's great you know and of course i'm happy to help you i um and even though this is an informed consent state i think you should talk to somebody talk to a professional before you do so and i was like oh yes of course of course i'm not gonna i'm not trying to force you know change the result but even then I, I that was not something that i i was ready to believe could be true about myself All right. and so yeah. it was a fully a year later after finally getting the thought like basically i was like i was lining everything up to get hormones but i still a year later before i finally went in and saw um, a professional. And it was again someone who specialized uh, in trans care as as a mental health there professional. She, um, she um, was someone who I went to explicitly because she was an expert on this subject because I was mindful that when I go in there I want to be honest about everything but I also don't want to be like trying to stack the deck. I don't want it to be like I want you to tell me I'm trans because I did. I knew I did. Okay. and so I was concerned that I was going to shade all of my analysis, and she would, you know, I could trick her or something. Like I could, you know, like I, 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 I was, I was, I was scared of of, of tilting that that scale. So I, okay. um, had this forty-five minute session with her. Fifteen minutes in, I finished dumping my my guts a lot of that origin story thought and all my concerns. And am I overindulging a fetish, or is it this, or is it that? And I don't have dysphoria, and what's going on? And she kind of paused for a second. And, and I think this is the way, at least I remember it. She goes, Yeah, okay. It's fair to say that you're transgender. <laughs> and it's it just like, it's like, pretty sure, pretty Obviously. sure. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, yeah, it was a relief. Yeah. And there was that like, even that moment, like, oh, shoot. Did I, like, did I, did I, did I, weigh those dice? Like, um, but, but still, I, 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 the fact that I felt so happy to hear her say that was mm. itself a validating fact.
0: Yeah. and Sorry, I think That I was one of the main things that was um, off about my relationship with my therapist is like, we never really kind of got there. And you know, it, it's funny how much, how much we need that, that's, that sort of outside, um, I guess it's just, you know, maybe it's, it's, I speak for myself and for you where we, we kind of seek that outside approval, like you mentioned, and yeah. having that where someone else is telling you, yes, you're trans is that like extra bit of confidence or validation that you need to, to really you know, believe it in yourself and go forward.
1: Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, it's so different. I would recognize all along, and, and again, this is a thing I, I had known, that when I would go and change at CDI, and I would come out of the changing room, and, and um, these other women would be there, and they'd be like, oh, wow, how many years have you been on hormones? Like I would get these kinds of comments long before I'd started HRT and and it made me so happy. (laughs) I was like, yes, like they think, yeah, yeah, like I'm like clearly something innately about me is, is, is feminine in this way I want it to be. Um, And I still it still felt too like it was a cheap trick for me to say I was trans. Like yeah, like I. But there, that that person there, that they worked for it. Like I, I yeah, like I, I felt like I was cheating to, to claim it. Yeah, having that external validation from someone who who you know I saw as a professional was was huge.
0: Where are you at now? How confident do you feel as a woman or as a trans woman out, just in your life in general?
1: I mean, general? there's still. All kinds of ups and downs for a variety of different ways. Like I said, I I continue to have very pleasant interactions, that's wonderful, and I can imagine a variety of reasons and privilege that that let it be that way. Um, But I I still, there's some part of my brain that's like, oh well they know I'm trans and they're just being they're being extra solicitous because because they're coming probably from a good place, but they're 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 you're, they're being nice to the trans person. Like I think that's that's a thought that's always in the in, in my head that there's there's I, I have trouble accepting anything. So you're seeking
0: um, the external eval- validation, <laughs> and yet you're not accepting it when it comes. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Great. Yeah. I'm Like oh, you're just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's there's definitely that component to it. So which I think ties, it correlates to confidence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the the many kinds of different imposter syndrome I can experience in life. This is just <laughs> one of those, <laughs> one, of, one of them. It's, um, it's a big pile,
0: my, isn't it? Yeah I, definitely, yeah, I definitely feel that too. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I was walking through and, and buying clothes and walking around stores and things in, in this mall and, and realizing like, oh, wow, I just went up to that guy and had a whole conversation with him. And I didn't freak out and panic about it beforehand. I just did it. I didn't think about what gender I was or what gender he was or how that interacted with each other. Or like, like I just did that. And it, it, was, it was just me and not me concerned about people seeing me as a woman, me. Like, it was like I, I was able to do it without a mental filter. Wow. And that was a surprise. I'm like, have I been doing that for a while? Did I not, like, you know what? Where did that come <laughs> then, from? Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but there are more unconscious moments than there were before. Nice. Um, and, yeah. And that's, that's definitely awesome.
0: What have been your... Biggest hurdles during your transition?
1: Yeah, you know, we, we I think we've talked about a number of them because for me, a lot of them are the the emotional and mental hurdles of, uh-huh. um, in particular, coming out to mom. Yeah. Um, and okay. so that as a big inflection point before I go more broadly. As a, it's my 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 shadow, like I, I I think that's another big reason why I'm not full time at work aside from wanting to be out to family first mm-hmm. is that um, I'm too lazy, and the amount of time it takes to cover this is not something that I'm prepared to do on a daily basis. Yeah, um, and, and frankly, it hurts too much to shave this closely every day that it's hard yeah. to imagine how that would play out, but that's something I would demand of myself, um, okay. trying to, to do this, to do that. Wow. So, All right.
0: um, yeah. What aspect of your transition, what part of this, you know, like, um, hormones or surgeries you've had or anything that you've been through in your journey, what is the, the single most validating thing for you as a woman?
1: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I haven't I have no surgeries uh, of any sort yet, uh, at least. I don't know what will come. Again, that's another thing where it's like, I'll, I'll hit those when I feel like I need to hit them. And mm-hmm. until then, I'm cool. I was, I was very happy with what I could pull off and what I could do before hormones. And so that was, especially its own stumbling block when I, I was not accepting that I was trans, was, well, if I can look okay, why do I need to do any more? But yeah, I think I always right. had this deep curiosity of, well, what would be possible though? Yeah. If this is what I can do without it, then what can I do? <laughs> you know, what, what would happen with it? Excuse and me. and yeah, and so that's been a journey where obviously I, I, there's still a lot that's in flux. I mean, I have no idea where I'm going to end up or, or what I want to modify, but that's starting to hormones, starting to see my chest develop especially, and being happy about it has been very validating. Like, I I look down and, you know, or, you know, I catch myself out of the corner of my eye and I can more often see myself as Jess even when I haven't done makeup. Not always constantly, not when I look closely, but maybe for a brief second out out of the corner of my eye, I'll be like, oh, holy crap, that was Jess in the mirror, like, without me doing anything. (laughs) Holy cow. And um, I think that was was one of those self-reinforcing things where I was, again, I hadn't believed it, I hadn't accepted it, um, but then I started hormones. And so there was like the, oh, crap, well, that will I'll, I'll know if I regret that. Um, and I haven't. And, I, and so it, it's something where it's not like I even have reached an outcome I'm perfectly happy with or confident with, so much as I, I find that I am not in any way sad about the fact that my body is changing and indeed am very happy about it. Mm. And so that's something that I didn't necessarily know for sure what's going to happen. And okay. I think that's the validating thing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm finding that uh, a very similar thing where I, I have these the the next step I'm always kind of trepidatious and and afraid of, and then yeah. once I get through it, it's just like, you know, no, this is great, this is great, and and kind of what's next, and then I'm afraid of the next thing.
1: <laughs> right, but I, I think each one gets so much easier. Yeah, and 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 well, I think how many years I was terrified to come out to the doorman. <laughs> and how wonderful they've been since I did. Aww. Like, it, 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 it's it's amazing. But I it didn't feel any less impossible back then. And even now, thinking about what I've done, I'm like, well, but so much other things have happened to collectively make it true that it's hard for me to say, like, I regret not doing things sooner because I don't understand how it would have been possible. I feel like yeah. everything that had to happen, everything that happened had to happen. Yeah. I don't know how it could have gone faster.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's that's the way it is for all of us. We have to come out when we're ready to. And you know, you you like the idea of coming out earlier, but there's no way to do that. You have to come out when when you're ready for it. What were some of the biggest learning curves that you've had to to get adjusted to in your transition? There,
1: there's some there's some there's some ones with myself and in self acceptance that have taken a while. Um, when I was out there with with uh, Ms. Nuclear uh, in person, I was still wearing a corset every time I went out steel-boned, like it was severe. <laughs> um, I don't think it had a weird shape, but I was just like, I have to have this figure for it to be a valid presentation. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I actually like, realized that that was just absolutely ridiculous and moved to at least a, a cinch. And I was wearing a, a, a cinch all the time. Really, it really was, it was about the same time when I started going with my own hair towards the start of the quarantine that I really kind of let those things go. Um, and so that was its own curve of, again, self-acceptance to be able to feel like I didn't need to do all those things. And and also reinforcing that I can feel confident, more confident about myself that I don't have to do those things and still be happy with how I look. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a curve in, in recognizing that not all of these things I believe were necessary were actually necessary. I, I imagine that applies in other ways that are less visible than those. That's just the ones that I think stuck out for me the most.
0: Okay, now we get to um, the fun stuff as we're getting to the end here. My okay. favorite question of all of them, how did you choose your name?
1: I'm very lazily um, <laughs> and I, you know it's something that I'm a little self-conscious to express again because I'm not out full-time uh, and I've given probably enough clues to be tra- tracked down but um, it's it's close to my boy name. Um Or, to at least a variation of it that it's easy to go with
0: so, okay that's
1: what i I can comfortably say yes. but uh, what well, you yeah,
0: um I've always thought that you know i I should ask a follow up question if somebody's name question you know the answer isn't you know super deep or whatever um yeah. is there a particular meaning behind your username that you have and and I feel like there there sort of was we were talking you know i was I was asking you before the show, do you prefer? should i put jessica on here or jess
1: well there's something too there's a number of names that i've always liked and and there are things like rebecca or jessica different names that are a little bit longer mm-hmm. and i guess you can say fancier but one of the things i've also liked about them is that there's also always a casual i'm forgetting cognomen i forget but the 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 the, the yeah you know, becca or jess like i think it's like that there is this 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 casual one and i I think of myself as a relatively casual person, pleaser uh, aside. This is just I like this. But the <laughs> you know, like I tend really to think like I'm I'm a, a t-search jeans and boots kind of gal. Like I, I I I love a lot of other outfits, but that's my default. Yeah. And Your so Instagram
0: definitely will uh, we'll back that up, that's for sure.
1: And I'm saying of course 42 is the answer to life, the universe and everything.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. Awesome. And then the big question that we ask everybody, what advice do you have for young or closeted trans people out there?
1: That's great. Great question, and I think the biggest one, and it ties directly in some of the questions you've asked, is finding community. There's nothing that has not made me feel like I have advanced more, felt more confident about myself, uh, felt I got to give back to others than 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 creating ties and 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 a sense of community, and and that's been true uh, explicitly in in trans spaces, as I made friends there. But frankly, almost every other relationship I've had where I've come out so far, and admittedly I've been picking who I come out to so far, but almost every relationship has grown deeper as a result of sharing this, this deeper part of myself. So I think there's, there's, there's something to finding your community to get to expand with and reinforce, but I think it, it then amplifies into almost every other relationship you can have. Yeah, it, it cascades. Yeah. Uh, so find community.
0: Yeah, if, once you have community, once you have that support, then everything else is possible, basically. Right. And uh, yeah. So that's the thing to see. No, yeah, no matter
1: what state you are or even how fast you advance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I talked over
0: you. I've been talking over you all night, so it's (laughs) fine. Jess, thank you for agreeing to come on and tell us so much of your story.
1: No, this was so fun. Thank you for bearing with so much of my babbling. (laughs) This was awesome.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of the show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash thetransverse, and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash thetransverse.